This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. From the ArmeniaProud.com studios. Genatsat Hayed. This is a toast to Armenia with Jono Kabinjian. A comprehensive look at the Armenian culture only on lineupmedia.fm. Genatsat, Genatsat, Pailusin Spisek, my friends. Uh, it's a beautiful day here in uh, St. Louis, Missouri, and uh, we're, we're on our show with Armenia Proud. And I got to tell you, Brian, there was a special, special video. I'm at home. You know, I got my knee banged up. Yeah. My knee's been in bad shape. I couldn't go to Armenia because of this damn knee. But in any case, uh, I get my dearest friends here, uh, Sona and Garik. Uh, they live in St. Louis, and they, you know, they they give me a video call. I got Victoria from uh, Armas, uh, the yeah uh, yeah the winery. Yeah, uh, she's right there in the video. I got Sergey and Narek of uh, Arm Comedy. They're standing right there. Nice. And they're smiling. They're talking. I I can hear them, but they can't hear me. But I felt so... I, I, it felt really good, man. I, I got these people that uh, said, next time, you, you better show up and all this stuff. So, <laughs> so it was good. It was a good feeling that uh, I felt like uh, Armenia's uh, where I needed to be. But hey, Maybe next time, guys, because I tell you, I had a bad knee, and I still do, and I've been working and trying to get it be- better, but I tell you, getting over a bad knee is something else. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, you know what? I'm so excited. We got, all, we got first of all, we got Armand in the studio. Brian, how'd you get Armand in our studio? Just I, brought him in here. I Great. can't miss this show. Exactly. Got a movie star on. Right. And uh, our Yes, he's been on our show before, and that's Jack Topelian. And uh, Jack, he's got a big project out there. I Jack, know. how are you? I'm doing good, John. How are you? Armand, nice to see you or talk to you again. Yes, yes. Great to talk to you, Jack. Now, uh, Jack, uh, you're, you've been busy, my friend. You got things going out there in, uh, in Hollywood. What, what, what do you got going? Well, I mean, uh, it's been a pretty fairly busy year for me. Uh, appreciate you asking, John, on having me back. Uh, my latest project is a Rob Reiner film, which actually released uh, a That's few days ago time. on Friday. That's big time. It's uh, Yeah, it's a big time film. It's called Shock and Awe, and it's got an A-list cast with uh, Woody Harrelson, James Marsden, Tommy Lee Jones, Jessica Biel. Wow. And and Rob Reiner, who is also not only directing the film, but is also in the film. So I was oh. uh, blessed to be a part of that project, which, like I said, uh, just got released on Friday in theaters nationwide. So. What uh, what part do you play, Jack? I play, it's based on a real, uh, it's a true story, based on the events that took place during the Bush administration right after 9-11, and it, it's essentially about the decision-making process of why the Bush administration decided to invade Iraq with no facts on uh, Saddam having weapons of mass destruction. And it's about these two journalists who are trying to get to the truth, but nobody's listening to them. Uh, oh I play God. a gentleman by the name of Ahmed Chalabi, 
he was a very notorious figure, an Iraqi exile who was promised that after the Bush administration conquered Iraq, he would be implemented as the president of Iraq. And this gentleman was uh, instrumental in getting in the ears of all the neocons in Washington and convincing them that Saddam had WMDs that we should attack and topple his government. So uh, oh he's a real beauty of a guy, you know? <laughs> so this movie, too, Jack, is more like on a conspiracy note as well. Yeah, it's conspiracy, but the... Uh, the fact of the matter is it's based on reality. These things did take place. And these two journalists played by Woody Harrelson and James Marsden, uh, they work for a publication called Night Reader. They essentially could not find any facts, but the problem was that all of the big networks, CNN, NBC, CBS, ABC, you name it, they were just tooting, they were just going out there with stories about Saddam having WMDs with no facts to back it up. And these guys were telling everybody that, hey, listen, we're going to invade a country without having any real proof, but nobody wanted to listen to them. Obviously, we know what took place afterwards, but this guy Chalabi, who I play in the film, uh, was really one of the power brokers behind the scenes. Mm. Wow, this yeah. sounds really good. Yeah, man. yeah, we have to see that for sure. No, no question Let's about go. it. Yeah, Maybe tonight we'll go. Actually, is yeah, it out yet? Actually, it just started Friday, oh, right, yeah, Jack? It's out. It came out Friday, and in fact, in West Hollywood, I was at a screening with Rob Reiner, um, and I took my uh, both my sons with me, Stefan and Shant, and we went to a screening in West Hollywood, and Rob Reiner was there, and then there was a Q and A afterwards with the audience. So it was uh, it was pretty interesting. Bravo, I hadn't Jack. seen the film either, to be honest with you. It was my first <laughs> time watching it too. Wow, that's that's pretty damn good, man. How did you get this yeah, role? How did you? I mean, what did you have to audition for this one? The, the, in, in front I of actually like... did audition. Yeah, yeah, I did audition for this, and uh, you know, my agents um, had submitted in me submitted me for this project, and I went in for the initial audition. I guess they liked what I was doing, and then I got a call back a couple weeks later saying that there's a producer session. Essentially, that's when. You know, the casting director, some of the producers are in the room. So, you know, you go there and they're kind of the decision makers. As I walk in the room, man, there's Rob Reiner sitting right there. Right in front so of you. So that kind of, uh, yeah, <laughs> I wasn't expecting him to be in the room, to be honest with you. But uh, it was a pleasant surprise. And um, did they want we you got to... to know each other. Did they want you to do that, you know, that... Arabic uh, talk at all because I, I'm sure they they want to hear some Arabic I, out of you. Yeah, I, I assume you had an accent. You had to do an accent. Yeah, I mean one of the one of the things that I'm not to toot my own horn, but one of the things that I do, I play various different ethnicities a lot, and I'm very good with different accents, including Arabic. You know, I do Iranian, Israeli, Italian, Russian, you name it. Yeah, I've seen so, I've seen you as a gangster, Jack, and uh, yeah, you're you're very imposing kind of uh, figure. Very you convincing. like the gangster act. Yeah, I do. I do. <laughs> yeah, I think you're. I think you're very Thanks convincing. <laughs> well, that's a good fellow. In Hollywood, is we, we try to make it. We try to make it as real as possible. But yeah, going back to your question, I did have to do an Arabic accent, which uh, I feel very comfortable doing. And um, oh. so yeah, I did it in front of Rob Reiner and all of the main decision makers in the room. And then a week later, they they said, you know, out of everybody that they had seen, they 
they liked me. They liked my performance the best, and uh, I was uh, awarded the job. So, wow. When, when did you shoot, Jack? When, when was the When was the shoot? I shot this a little over a year ago. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, and <laughs> the funny thing is, the movie takes place all in Washington D.C. But once you see it, you can't tell uh, because it was uh, it was shot all in New Orleans, but oh. it doubled as for Washington D.C. And the, the way they were able to put everything together, you know, you're watching the film, you you think it's it's shot in D.C., but we ended up going to New Orleans and uh, we shot the film down there. Um, so yeah, it was great also to get down there. You know, uh, and enjoy that atmosphere down there. It's always a fun city to be at. Yeah, I lived there for two years. I well, like, I, I like New Orleans. That. Yeah, I love New Orleans. It's a little warm it though. It gets a little humid. Yes, it does get a little oh. humid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so uh, the these Arabic parts though and everything that that had to be a little tough uh, shooting it in Washington D.C. and New Orleans. Uh, I mean. The atmosphere couldn't have been matching like Iraq or anything like that. I'm sure you were in uh, your your role was probably in Iraq at the time, right? No, it actually this guy Chalabi, I'm a Chalabi who I portray. He actually was living in Washington D.C. He had a he had an office called the Iraqi National Congress, which he was the head of some some BS thing that he had created. But he was based in Washington D.C., so all of the footage that okay. most of the stuff takes place in D.C. And uh, it's an interesting way of filmmaking, though. You know, kind of going back to what you're saying, though, is they use a lot of real footage. You know, with Dick Cheney speaking or some of the war footage, and they've kind of implemented that into the film. So it's a, it was a kind of a new style of filmmaking. I'd recommend uh, you guys and all your uh, audience members to go check it out. Oh, I, I, I definitely will. I definitely will. And, it, kind of and go- you know, the, the funny thing is, the funny thing is, you watch news now, you know how there's all of this talk about fake news, this, that, whether the reporting is correct. doesn't matter which side of the fence you're on, in my opinion. But there's a lot of stuff that's getting fed through the media that most people don't realize that yeah. some of it may may not be the truth, and that's what this thing exposes, yeah, you they, know? They filter everything now uh, with the news. Uh and uh, w- one more thing. This is kind of like, uh, I would say, maybe an Oliver Stone type type of movie here. That uh, yeah, you're, yeah. You're, it's making you think after you you're walking out of the movie. You're thinking, wow, you know what? We didn't belong there, and stuff like that. I mean, uh, it's out there. Well, it definitely is designed to to bring awareness to the fact that. Everything you read, you should question it because where are they getting their sources from? And that was the thing. When they have CNN or CBS or NBC in the movie, they're talking about, you know, Saddam having weapons of mass destruction. And these guys, you know, Woody Harrelson and James Marsden, who are playing these two reporters, are saying, man, where are your sources? How are you getting this information? Nobody gives them any answers. They just report it. And that's that was part of the problem. So they created this hype to ramp up the war and have some justification to go in there into Iraq, which we know what has happened since that. I mean, we, we're trying to bring democracy to a part of the world that has been under authoritarian and dictatorial rule for ages. It just wasn't going to happen, you know, but there were 
there was more to it than that, obviously. So what what was uh, what was behind? It? Is it just uh, was, Jack? Was it more uh, sensationalism? I guess is that why these these news uh, uh, stations were actually uh, uh, advocating this and, and reporting this, or what does it does it go into that? What the reason was for no, all this? No, it doesn't. It doesn't go into what their uh, justifications Objective, are. Yeah. You know. Uh huh. Yeah, it, it, it only shows it from the perspective of the, these two reporters who are trying to do their job, and they have, you know, and they have taken an oath to to report the real news, you know, the factual news, mm. you know, what what's actually taking place, and um, so it's only showing it from their perspective and the obstacles that they're encountering, but it never really goes into why these other people uh, do. But in one of my scenes with uh, with the two reporters, it's a pretty it's a pretty intense scene, and it, and it really goes into a lot more detail where I'm confronted by these two. Uh, my character, Ahmed Chalabi, is confronted by these two reporters, and uh, there's a little powwow that takes place. And, and you obviously, know, your, motiv- your motivation is that you want to be leader of the country, right? So obviously, you have— Of course, have, yeah. Right, right. Yeah, so it's a win situation for that guy. You sure. Know, the U.S. government— U.S. troops go in, topple Saddam, and then they, you know, place right. Chalabi as the president. I mean, well, my guy is like, yeah, this is the way to go, man, you know? Yeah, he's got the people's backing, the the great uh, bad dictators out of the scene. I think and- I think Jack would be a good dictator. He's got two sons like Saddam had. Like, what were they, Uday and Kuse? Remember? Hey, God forbid I'm ever in that situation. <laughs> I know. Well, I, know I didn't even tell him to say that one. <laughs> That was, that, uns- that was unscripted. Jack. That was unscripted. Jack. That's, that's I, his. That's his creative mode. I'm ad libbing. You know, <laughs> I'm getting you into go. my character. Okay. I, I have to. I have... I've known you long enough to not to hold it against you. You're a good guy, Armand. <laughs> Thank you. See, <laughs> comparing good our convince John Jack to that dictator. No, no, Jack's Jack's a good fella. He's a wise guy. All right, so uh, you got this one over now, Jack. Uh, you you put one under your belt there. Uh, is there something now that are, probably you're just relaxing, enjoying life, but is there something in the works for in the future coming up? A uh, couple of things I'm, I'm, I'm working on. Um, my earlier film that we had talked about before, Betrayal, that's actually still selling overseas, believe it or not. We've sold in... To date, we've sold in over 30 countries or territories, and the latest round has been Andorra, Spain, and Portugal, which just I just cut my report on last quarter. So, Betrayal still has you know legs that it's still going strong, and it's available mm-hmm. on all of the digital platforms. And out of that, I don't know if we talked about it last time. I had I turned uh, Betrayal and its characters and its story into a, a television. Uh, episodic, and I have a pilot written, which I've submitted through uh, through some of my people, and we're getting some pretty good feedback on that. We're still doing a little bit of work on that, so we're hoping to see if maybe we can bring that into reality and and uh, and see if maybe one of the networks or Netflix or Amazon Prime or one of those people might have an interest because it is a pretty fascinating story about a, an underworld mob boss, an Armenian mob boss who I portray living in Los Angeles and his conflict between, you know, the criminal underworld of Los Angeles and having to do, deal with all of that and his family life. And one of the most fascinating things about this is the fact that, you know, we've never seen a guy like this because he's, uh, he's an Armenian. And, uh, you know, we've seen, you know, Tony Soprano, obviously, and we've seen others, 
like that. Um, but this is a kind of a new twist, and it is based on the film and its character. And since the fact that the the film is done real well, which I'm you know thankful for, uh, we want to kind of take up that momentum and see if we can maybe get some headway with this as well. So, so that's, that's one of the projects that I've been working on. Yeah. Have you doing? Are you doing and, any stage work? You doing any plays? No, I, I haven't. I I did that a couple of years ago. I did a play with Chaz Palminteri in Hollywood a few years back, and uh, that was the last time I was I've done any theater. Uh, I haven't really gone out for any theater or looked at any theater. But that play that I did with Chaz, um, we were actually we actually even went to New York. We were trying to see if we could. Uh, Chaz had some connections there. We're trying to see if we can bring it to New York on Broadway, and I was that would have been a fascinating process for me because I would have loved to have done some theater in New York and on Broadway. But other than that, I haven't really done anything. Do you, do you uh, prefer a film, or does it uh, film or stage, or does it matter? You like them both uh, the same, or? Um, you know, I, I kind of prefer both. Uh, the last time I did theater, obviously, was I was saying is with Chaz. And since I come from ACT, American Conservatory Theater in San Francisco, that's where I studied. I came from a theater background. Theater gives you the freedom of just being on stage and feeding off of the energy that's in the room with the audience. And there's no safety net. There's no room for error. And every night is a different performance, even though you may be doing the same thing night after night it's different every night. So there's something fascinating and incredible about that. You know, it gets your heart pumping, but you know, television and film work is, is that's gotta be very exciting. Yeah, it is. It's pretty good. And I, I prefer that obviously, uh, for various obvious reasons, uh, you know, and from a scheduling standpoint, um, and the fact that, you know, the storytelling takes place over long periods of time, you know, so you can have a scene that takes place tonight and then a scene that takes place maybe a week later. So the storytelling concept is great. Uh, the biggest challenge in filmmaking and in television work is you got to stay in character, even though you may be out there saying five lines, mm. but you know, that character has to stay the same through and through, you know, um, where you can't change that. And that's the biggest challenge with facing actors in any, you know, any kind of film or television work. So I, you know, I prefer both, but I'd rather my choices. I would, you know, I, I put most of my energy into television and film work. That's where I'd rather be. So, you know what you just said, that challenging part right there. And I thought of Rob Reiner because, uh, you know, he, well, you know what? He's a liberal. He's a liberal type of uh, he's he leaned tor towards that side, which I I'm all for. But the thing is, uh, is he going to get people to believe that these two did this and uh, for this movie? I mean, it's it's something that I I think he's going to have a harder time with this movie trying to prove to the public that this this happened and all that because Rob Reiner leans towards the left a little bit. Uh, am I making sense at all on this? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I do think his, his political beliefs are leaning towards the left, but the movie, you know, kind of speaks for itself. And it oh, shows yeah. the fact that, you know, listen, we, no matter what profession you're in, you know, we all have, we all have a responsibility to portray or to do our jobs to the best of our abilities and to the, you know, and in the right way. So if you're a reporter, 
you should be reporting something that's exactly. factual and real. Just like an actor like myself, if I'm in front of a camera or on stage, I have to portray that character to the best of my ability so the audience member or members watching it believe that you know my character is is a real guy and the words that are coming out of my mouth and the and my reactions are believable whether I'm angry, sad, happy, whatever the case may be. So we each each of us have a responsibility, you know, and I think the you know coming back to the film uh, shock and awe I think Rob just puts the facts out there and he's letting the audience members kind of judge, right. um, judge the facts. And I mean, I, yeah. And not, I, yeah, go ahead, Jack. No, I was just going to say, it's not a mainstream movie because, you know, obviously a lot of young kids wouldn't even know uh, what took place back then or who, who Ahmed Chalabi or let alone who Dick Cheney was for that matter. Right. But it is designed for people who are politically minded or, you know, right. maybe um, over over 40 maybe you know that kind of thing it's, yeah it's for that type of an audience and Which, i meant that more or less i didn't want the people to get discouraged just because it, it's a rob reiner making this no. movie that it's going to be in their mind one-sided and that's it but i'm telling you th this has got to be a great movie i i love rob reiner movies well, I got to tell you, I mean, I'm glad we just have a, what I would consider an intelligent movie about something that maybe, you know, really invokes a little thought instead of Avengers or Ant-Man or this summer. It's very popular you know, stuff there. It is, of course. I, I know which, you don't like you know, that, I'm but gonna boycott it. No, I mean, listen, Armand, I mean, yeah. you and I are both writing. You know, we're both writers, too, mm -hmm. and we talk about that. I mean, I, I'm like you. I mean, even though, yes, I'm in the industry, I love the Ant-Man and Avengers and all that. It's great, and it's fun, and you go in there for a couple hours, you escape. But I'm with you, too, that, though, that we should also have a responsibility to make films and television shows that, you know, get people thinking a little bit, too, and engage them, you know, and then have a have a message, if you will. Right. And I think That's this all. is one of those films that does that. And I, I wish we could do more of it. And I know that, you know, um, I'm sure there's other projects out there. We just have to be able to find more audience for that. And mm -hmm. one of the things that I do, uh, as you know, I write too, and I like to create characters that are not only entertaining or projects that are entertaining, but they also have characters which are believable. And there's, there's some real dialogue and there's some truth or, you know, there's some dimension to those characters. Well, you know? obviously that it's probably has a, something to do with your, with your acting background, of course. Right. I mean, that probably informs the way you write correct yeah and, and and the kinds of movies that i've you know i've grown up watching you know and uh you know i remember back in the days when oscar nominated films they had you know like for example going back to rob reiner a few good men you know you look at a film like that you know with jack nicholson mm -hmm. and tom cruise i mean it, it was entertaining there was a message in there and it just kept you on your toes you know or or other films you know that used to be nominated for oscars uh, in the past, they were both entertaining, and there were, and there was some something. There was depth to them that you could, you know, you could really sink your teeth into. Um, what what so are some of your favorite the, films, Jack? What are some of your favorites? Oh God! Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, I, you know, I don't sit there and think about what's one of my favorites. I mean, A Few Good Men is definitely one of my mm -hmm, favorite films. Sure. I mean, but I like. I like crime genres a lot. I like I, I like know. these complex characters. You know, I mean, I like movies that Scorsese makes, for example, or Michael Cimino. You know, like Deer Hunter. You know, which is a great film, 
or I love Ridley Scott's films or Fincher's films even. You know, I mean, I like everything. I like things that engage me, that grab me, and also entertain me, you know, that have characters that are, that are fun to watch. They're complicated. Uh, they're complex. There's twists and things. And um, so, you know, I don't want to watch something that's just senseless violence through and through. Uh, with, with the flip side, I don't want to watch something that's just like two hours of just straight dialogue because unless you can keep me entertained another way, you know, most of those, you know, so something in between those two, you know. Jack, I um, think I think there should be a new movie with you. Uh, you guys ought to write something about this Velvet Revolution that took place in Armenia. I, I really think that that is something that Armenians would be like, wow. I, I, it, it was everything was behind the scenes, like you guys are saying right here, and uh, the job got done, and we got a new government and everything, a new prime minister, and. Uh, it's funny you mentioned that because I was just talking about an hour ago. I was talking to my parents who are in Yerevan, Armenia, right now. Mm-hmm. They're visiting. They're visiting our homeland, which you know, from where I am at. You know, I came from Hayastan, Yerevan, Armenia, mm-hmm. and uh, it's funny because ever since I've been uh, sporting a beard, a lot of people have been commenting that I look like Nikol Pashinyan, our new prime minister, Beautiful. And, a, and a friend of mine who's a who's a screenwriter in Hayastan in Armenia. He's been toying with me about writing a little film uh, they could film in Hayastan. And I said, hey, if you can if you can write it, I'd be happy to come and play it, you know? <laughs> How cool uh, that'd be. That but who knows? Maybe me and Armand will work on something uh, together. Oh, you well, know? I, yeah. That would be an honor. What do you think, Armand? Uh, what do hey, you think? I... Uh, he's let, got let, he's let, got to study the whole Armenia thing let, first. Let me talk to my agent. I, I can't I can't make any commitments. Talk, yeah. <laughs> let me talk to my people. Buddy. Yeah, yeah. Like my people will have lunch with your people, and uh, well, you know, I, you asked me about other projects, and then there's another project that I'm working on uh, that I I put together. Uh, the film is a is a crime thriller that I wrote. Uh, last year sometime, and it's called A Cost of a Life. Uh, it's about a, an LAPD detective who who discover, who meets, by accident, meets a female, uh, a woman whose sister happens to have been killed, and then they kind of go on this journey trying to figure out uh, whether she killed herself or she was murdered and who may be behind the murder. And it really dives into this, you know, the seedy underground of Los Angeles and uh, and lots of twists and turns. And they're confronted by this Russian mobster. Yeah, they're confronted by this Russian mobster who's kind of behind it all. And it is a pretty fascinating story. You're going to play the mobster, right, Jack? Well, we'll see. That's I think I think I could do a pretty decent job playing a mobster. and uh, it's it's really written well, and uh, we're doing a little polishing on it. In fact, my friend Armand was on uh, was on the line with us right now, kind of helping me with that, and uh, we're kind of looking at it, bringing a different perspective into things. So uh, we're good. cleaning that up a little bit, Jono, right now. And uh, the other thing I wanted, I, I will be doing with this film uh, in the next, hopefully within the next month, is I'll be shooting a. Uh, a sizzle trailer for it. 
Uh, I've already been uh, talking with some people about putting together a marketing and civil package for this uh, because it's, I do have some interest uh, in people wanting to to look at this script. So we'll see where it goes, man. You know, right. I'm excited about it. So we got that coming up in the future. But right now, right now, you are yeah. in this movie, Shock and Awe. And uh, like mm-hmm. I said, I can't wait to watch it. And it's out there right now? It's out there right now. It's out there right now. You know, it's uh, it's nationwide. I, you have to check your local theaters on where it's playing. Um, my sister just called me yesterday. She's She lives in the Bay Area. They just went to see it in San Francisco last night. So, uh, yeah, it's playing everywhere. That's beautiful, man. Great to see I, great to see you up on the screen again. And I, you know what? When I'm kicking back with my popcorn, I'm going to say, that guy was on our show. Perfect. Hey, Jack, thank you so much. <laughs> hey, my pleasure, John. Always a pleasure to be on your show. Best wishes for continued success. And uh, look forward to, to more things coming up. Yeah, both yeah of us, definitely. Uh, and on? you're welcome back on the show with all your new stuff. You're, 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 you're a big friend of the show here. Thank you. I appreciate that, and I appreciate the the warm welcome. And Armand, great talking to you. Yeah, as you well. too, I, Jack. We'll we'll keep in touch. We'll be, yeah, we'll be chatting probably uh, very soon here. Yes, yes. All right, that's Jack Topelian, and thank you so much, Jack and uh, Armand. Thank you for coming on the show oh. too. You brought up some great questions <laughs> that uh, you normally do. Besides that damn remark about Jack being a playing a girl on the next movie, uh, so. <laughs> Hey, Brian, thanks a lot, and that's uh, that's our show for this week, guys. Uh, enjoy it. Uh, tune in to Yo... What is that? We got YoRadio.com. YoRadio.com. It's free music out there. Download it. Check it out. It's part of Lineup Media, and we're really pushing for that right now. And uh, best wishes to everyone out there. Uh, in our, my, my family's in Armenia right now, so uh, if you guys are listening out there, Thank you, and uh, they made a big genas to me, and I'm doing a genas back to you. Genas at Kishé Party, Hayastan. We'll see you guys next week. Tune in next week for another episode of A Toast to Armenia with Jano Kabinjian. Find the show online at armeniaproud.com and subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Podbean, and all major podcast outlets. Join the conversation at Facebook.com slash Armenia Proud or Twitter at Armenia Proud. Get all of our podcasts now at lineupmedia.fm. This podcast was a presentation of lineupmedia.fm.